United States, an estimated 60 to 70 million individuals are affected by insulin resistance. Statistics report that more than 40% of individuals older than 50 years may be at risk for insulin resistance. However, it can affect anyone at any age. Early warning signs are high blood pressure, leaky gut, PCOS, anxiety disorders, hormonal imbalances, skin tags, and pesky weight gain around the waistline. Our next expert discusses the impact of toxin overload, which includes stress, diet, and environmental toxins that are contributing to insulin resistance. She shares her own personal experience with insulin resistance and explains what you can do to recognize and manage it. You are listening to Julie Walls. Today we have an amazing guest and an old friend of mine on the podcast. Her name is Tiffany Spencer. She is the founder and CEO of A Mindset by Design. After her own nervous system breakdown in 2018, she realized that many leaders in corporate America are not prepared to deal with the emotional and physical changes that come with their new found success. Through the A Mindset by Design, Tiffany is helping executives lead by design and not by accident. She's providing them with the tools they need to manage their emotions and navigate their physical and career, career wellness so they can continue to be success, successful without sacrificing their well-being. She is here to discuss the role insulin resistance has played in her life and what she is doing to educate others on it. Okay, you guys, so first I just want to quote from PharmacyTimes.com. Currently, in the United States, an estimated 60 to 70 million individuals are affected by insulin resistance. That is mind-blowing. Statistics report that more than 40% of individuals older than 50 years may be at risk for insulin resistance. However, it can affect anyone at any age. And I know Tiffany are going to be talking about that and how we've seen it kind of brewing from childhood. I know for myself, uh, early adolescence. So we'll be discussing an important underestimated, underdiagnosed syndrome that can lead to many health conditions and diseases, insulin resistance. Okay, so what is insulin resistance and what can you do to manage or overcome insulin resistance catastrophic outcomes such as diabetes, hypertension, cardiovascular disease, and other abnormalities. All right, you guys, without further ado, Tiffany Spencer. I'm so glad we're back. <laughs> I know, long time no see, but not really. I know, not really. <laughs> I know, but it's been how many, let's see here. We're going on maybe three years since we've been on the screen together. Um, probably say about two, because we it was 2020. So yeah, it's Wasn't been about 20? two years. Yeah, I would say pretty close to two years. That's crazy. Okay. I know it's been crazy, but we've all had a lot going on. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Too much. I mean, it's your crazy. business is happening and all the crap I'm doing. So, no, okay. So I know we know each other very well and we'll dive into that history, but, um, those that are tuning in, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? 
Yeah, so obviously I am located um, in the Midwest, like smack dab in the middle of Indiana, if you couldn't be any more centrally located in the Midwest than that. Um, And I am married. I've been with my husband since we were 19. Um, So it's going on 20 some years. And I have two, I know. And my daughter's, (laughs) my oldest is just turned 14 Saturday and she is heavily involved in travel soccer. And then my youngest, who's nine, is heavily involved in travel cheer. So it's like constant movement in my house. And what a, what a spectrum that is. So, yeah. uh, you know, you've got the insane, like you guys, you don't understand, like her oldest daughter is super athletic and like just a talent on a soccer field. And then her daughter is just the brightest light that you could ever see on every time you post a picture of her. She's just a doll. She's just a doll tip. <laughs> I mean, your, your kids are both dolls and they're doing amazing things, which is awesome. They so are, they are, they, they all, they both have their unique personalities and they're both yeah. at opposite ends of the spectrum in age. And so yeah. it's, it's a lot in this household right now, especially with oh, hormones. So. Oh gosh. Yeah. You're, you're, you're rapidly in there. You're in the trench. I, am and in I'm the trench. I will be, I will be texting you going, what the hell is what this? What the hell is this? What is what am I dealing with this? What I'm just gonna say dog just breathe and it's gonna be okay. Yes. No, I'm okay, right? Okay. All right, 100%. cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. Okay, so let's get started. I want to talk to you about, you know, we've for those folks that have followed us, um, I think we kind of were rocking and rolling for a couple of years of conversations online, especially when we were deep in the trenches, trenches of chronic illness. Um, I want to, I want people to know about your, your story and kind of the discoveries that you, you found along the way. Yeah. So, um, I think for me, you know, my journey was, um, in just a very big nutshell, I didn't realize I had a lot of just trauma throughout my life. And I didn't realize, was, I realized that I was a high functioning anxiety type of person. I was not self-aware enough. I, you know, there was a lot of things that I missed. Right. And I had struggled with health issues really ever since I got into nursing and kind of started my corporate career. Cause I moved from nursing into corporate leadership. Um, so I have, an ICU ER background as a registered nurse. And then I also have 15 years of sales and sales leadership experience, which is really a unique situation for a nurse to be in, right? And so as I started to move through the the positions and kind of climb that corporate ladder, I didn't realize how much stress and, and pressure I was putting on myself. I just thought everything was normal because everybody was feeling that. And so as I look back, um, that part of my life, I just didn't realize what was really happening. And then, you know, I go up into leadership. I'm a regional sales manager. And within nine months, because of so much stress and pressure, like my body just quits, like everything just quits. And I ended up very, very sick. Um, I was bedridden for two years. I was heavily medicated on, you know, uh, antidepressants and clonopin, anti-anxiety medications that nearly almost killed me. Um, but it wasn't, you know, until I started to learn how to be self-aware, self-regulate, and this is something everybody knows, Julie and I, if you followed us for a very long time, as we're big proponents on, um, it wasn't until I started coming through that and starting to look back at where I was at before I got sick and how I got sick and what was transpiring after that, did I realize that I really had kind of set myself up for a lot of this. And, um, you know, I think just 
realizing that I had PCOS, PCOS issues, I had weight issues, I had insomnia issues, I was sick off and on. Um, but when I felt really good, I was in a really good place and my weight would fall off. Like it, it was just a revolving cycle and hormonal issues, um, thyroid complications. I had a partial thyroidectomy. There was a lot of things that started to build up. And now that I go back and look at it, I was like, oh, crap. Like all of this yeah, was there yeah. Yeah. all along, but never really discovered or discussed. It was kind of like, here's a band-aid treatment. Mm-hmm. We're going to up your thyroid meds or we're going to put you on, you know, uh, uh, weight loss medication, or we're going to put you on antidepressants of Wellbutrin to get the weight loss to cut, you know, the weight loss to happen. Like I was being just band-aid treated the entire time. And, um, Seems you know, like that's I just kind of like the get, that's kind of like the give and tip. It and is. And I think it it, that's the biggest problem. Right. And, um, I am a healthcare professional, so let me <laughs> just put that out yeah. there. Um, what we do talk about today is, you know, you have to um, really work with your provider on this. You know, we are we are just in discussions about this, things that you can ask your family physician about. Um, I'm not here to treat, even though, you know, I, I do know a lot in the medical field. Um, same for Julie, but, you know, I these are questions that you need to be asking. And these are questions that you and I, Jules, let's just be honest, didn't know to ask. Absolutely. And, you know, we were both diagnosed with Lyme disease. Um, you know, I think that sometimes is a faulty diagnosis when they don't know what else to give us. Um, and both treated with stem cell therapy. Um, you know, there was a lot of things that we did to our bodies and honestly, looking back on it, I don't think we should have. Um, so I think there's a lot of pieces in that puzzle. And okay. So I want to go, I want to go back to what you just said is that we all have been medicated and we've all had received medications that were really harmful to yeah. many of us. I, I know for myself, um, there was a lot of things overlooked and, um, one of which is, do you really, are you really dealing with Lyme disease, active Lyme disease? Right. And, and I know we've talked about this before, um, a skilled practitioner, who really did a lot of work with biohacking and genetics. His name is Sean Bean. Um, he really looked at my labs and he was like, you know, you've been treating for these, these years. No wonder why your gut's a mess. Um, but again, okay. And we'll go deeper into insulin (laughs) resistance, but that had been brewing for a really long time, completely overlooked. Um, but he was like, your gut's a mess. Uh, in actuality, your genes are really indicative that you can't get rid of myotoxins very well, which is, you know, mold and environmental toxins that, that happens. And, um, and then, you know, you, you take into that account of, okay, well then I did a lot of things ass backwards. Number one, number two, I was treated probably wrongfully like you were given medications that really were damaging to the body because we didn't have pharmacogenetic testing. We didn't understand the methylation pathways at that time. Um, keep in mind, I feel kind of, I know there's people that lineys and mold people that have been suffering well beyond my journey and as well as yours, but I think we were more the vocal ones out there. Yeah. A thousand percent. <laughs> Everybody was silently suffering and they were like, F this, you and I are going to start talking about it. <laughs> and, um, but I, I, I know for me, a lot of things were overlooked, but I want to hear from you. What did you feel were some of the main things that were overlooked? You know, when you were kind of starting to get going down that road of like, what's wrong with me yeah. here, I'm really feeling bad and I'm trying to figure this out, but what do you think were some of the, the key things that were overlooked? 
um, I, adrenal burnout for one, right? Anybody who's, you know, obviously you talked about it in the beginning of the segment. I deal with a lot of corporate leaders. Um, a lot of executive leaders are now CEOs that are actually starting their own companies. The, the amount of stress and pressure that we feel in those specific positions alone is just, it's unreal. It's a lot of pressure. And um, even before then, you know, I was working in a, a quote unquote sales position where I was in a man's world, right? I, there wasn't a lot of female representatives um, and we had to fight for a lot of things. And so, you know, overlooked was my stress response first and foremost. It, it was never discussed with me. It was like, oh, you just, you have some stress. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I go, you need to work on your stress response. Okay. I take a vacation. That's not working. Like you and I have discussed that so many times. It's like, we didn't know how to put those pieces of the puzzle together. So you were really never getting a reprieve from the stress that you were under because you didn't, we didn't have awareness. We didn't have regulation. We didn't have behaviors. And when you and I started, you know, many years ago, that's what we were figuring out. We were putting the pieces together and it's like, oh shit, Julie, we, we need to now change our habits. Like we need to change our behaviors. Right. <laughs> and it's like, we can't keep doing the same thing as the definition of madness and expect a different result, right? And by this time, I was in adrenal burnout. Um, you know, that was never discussed. And it still, to this day, has never been discussed. But going back now that with a clear head and knowing what I'm looking for, I was in complete adrenal failure. <clears throat> um, and what set it off for me is having a steroid injection. I herniated a disc in my neck. And had a steroid injection that actually blew out my thyroid, blew out my adrenals because they were already taxed, which threw me into a complete state of hyperthyroidism. Um, I was going through a thyroid storm, which set off my nervous system, which led to catastrophic damage. Um, I was having gut issues, didn't realize that I was having major thyroid hormone issues, weight gain weight loss, weight gain again, like it was such a yo-yo back and forth, um, massive PCOS. I had probably six surgeries for ovarian cysts over, you know, several years, partial thyroidectomy. Um, so I think there was so many things that were kind of brewing on my way down that path. And then when I reached out to a naturopath, it was like, well, we're going to take you off your birth control. We're going to change your diet. Like everything happened so much at once my body was not prepared for that. And immediately the medical PTSD comes in and immediately, you know, the fear comes in and, you know, now that sets us down another path of where we have to get control of our stress response at first, then start to slowly treat. But, um, I think one of the missing pieces you and I are seeing now, especially from a chronic illness standpoint, as well as what looking at my past and things that, you know, we should have been kind of looking at then was, calming the stress response down is only one piece of the puzzle. And, you know, that secondary piece is now we had so much damage and this leads us into the insulin resistance is we had so much damage to our bodies from a nutrition standpoint, from a cortisol standpoint, a hormone standpoint, a thought, you know, it all is interconnected from a nervous system standpoint. We had all of this damage and now it's like everybody wants to throw the kitchen sink at trying to get it to repair. And it just doesn't happen that fast. And so I think, you know, we, you and I both, as we started talking about this, it's like, oh shit, this is a huge problem. <laughs> and um, I think I was battling insulin resistance just from a stress response prior to this even happening. Yeah. Yes. And it was just so much overlooked. 
Well, and the thing I was popping up in my head when you were going through everything that you've, you've had basically organs. I was like, she was a walking cadaver. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, it's probably and, the way to look at it. Seriously. No, it's the truth though. But that's yeah. kind of what I look at my history and I think, holy shit, there were such commonalities between your history and my history. And we were, we were walking cadavers that was like, how are we functioning? We were losing organs, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, highly medicated things, are constant in surgeries. I know for my own self, um, and we've talked about the ovarian yeah, syndrome issues. Yeah. Getting, you know, birth cysts, having uh, ovarian cysts growing in, you know, our uterus on the left side, the right side, the ovaries, um, dealing, I know for myself, it, then it went into IC interstitial cystitis. And then you kind of wonder what the hell was that linked to? That too. Like I just scratched the surface. Like if we really sat down to broke down yeah. our medical history, yeah, all of this, I think we were probably diagnosed both of us combined. Like if you took both of us and our diet, yeah. probably well over 200 different diagnoses. A thousand percent. And then on top of that, they just put a blanket statement. Oh, you have Lyme disease. And then on top of that, you do, no one knows how to freaking treat it during the time that we were diving deep into it. And it was the sole focus. I mean, everybody is like, it's incurable, Ugh, you know, all these things. And it's super scary. I feel people out there. I just wanted to explain this. Is, if this is emotionally triggering you. Please be mindful of that and consult with your doctor or whoever's treating you uh, to help you with your mental wellness. But um, it's very scary. Uh, the groups we got in really, really cultivated yeah. the health PTSD, right? Oh, yeah. And every was, group, was like everybody's the trying to kill it. Yeah, it's yeah. like the rabbit hole. And then everybody's doing these really harsh treatments. I know you did. Um, I know myself, I did, you know, I think it's like kind of like an HIV cocktail when I really probably shouldn't have been on that. Um, I think the doctor at the time was again, throwing the kitchen sink. I love that terminology. I, I wrote it down. I was like walking cadaver through the kitchen yeah. sink at it. Right. There's no, like, there's no softness in what we did. It was all ripping out organs, um, shoving harmful compound medications on our body, just treating the tiniest symptom, which causes a, a cascade of events in the body. And then never looking at the stress behind all of that or the stress that led up to that. No. And it was never, it was never discussed. I mean, it was honestly, it was never discussed. I did rife therapy, the stem cell therapy. Yeah. Um, I was diagnosed. I mean, like I said, between both of us, there was probably over 200 different illnesses and that, you know, we were pretty much told you were read your last rites for God's God's yeah. sakes. Walking um, <laughs> yeah. And, and that's, and we really were, we were science, we were walking science projects. For sure. Um, and, you know, looking at this, going back, I, I, I got more and more pissed off yeah. as I went through my lab work. Yeah. And I was just like, I could, because I was in such a different state of awareness at that point. And obviously I was such a mess for a very long time, but going back and having more of a clear head, clear mind. If you like what you're listening to, please hit the subscribe button now. Looking at it and I'm like, I was like, adrenally burned out, mm -hmm. like just burned out, but I was functioning high. So I never recognized those things. Yeah. And, you know, we want to go and get a quick fix, but I think that's something else too, is it's not a quick fix. It's almost like less is best in the beginning to help repair because we did the max effort. <laughs> we did. Yeah. We did 
full blown 90 miles an hour. I want the shit gone. Let it, let's make it happen. And we didn't realize all the other catastrophic damage we were doing because it is a delicate process. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting when you just said that thyroid burnout. So you and I both went to the same doctor on the West coast, yeah. Dr. Galley. I'll just throw a yeah. plug at him. Um, and I remember him saying to me, uh, you know, back in the Midwest, and there's tons of studies that are happening right now, just on the environmental factors oh, yeah. of what's contributing to the endocrine issues that are really, really affecting a lot of people in the Midwest. You're from the Midwest. I'm from the Midwest. And, um, but I really think what's being overlooked. Yes, absolutely. Environmental toxins are absolutely at play. Um, epigenetics is involved. Um, but I do think that there's a lot, and you and I could come back and talk about this on another live because I think this is such a good topic to talk about. But for myself, and again, we're going to talk about the diagnostic ranges for like A1C, but I think even for TSH and T3, T4, everything, and this is kind of a big one I've been discussing with BioVision Diagnostics, is that the ranges are off. <laughs> They're totally off. They're not right. And on no. top of that, um, you know, for me, I was I was always in the the like not the sweet zone but on the lower end of maybe you could eventually get hypothyroidism every single person in my family almost everyone has some sort of a thyroid disease or a disorder or condition or autoimmunity but what i will say is now they're starting to see like you said adrenal burnout is actually the culprit and the stress that's put on to your hpa your your Yep. your hypothalamus, your pituitary, your thyroid. And I think it's really an important thing to be aware of. And unfortunately, we had to kind of figure this out on our own throughout this really horrible process, right? <laughs> As but we're I, like half forked. Yeah. And I think it's absolutely something that I think, please discuss that with, you know, your professional. I know you do. I know you're like, you're educating all these health professionals or not health but um, professionals in the working world, adrenal burnout leads to so many, it's a cascade of monstrosity of-, of Well, the number one, number one killer of executives alone is heart attacks and stress. Yeah. Number one, hands yeah. down. Men yeah. will exhibit um, where women tend to have more adrenal burnout because of the hormone production and that lack thereof. Men still have it, but what you see men gravitate towards too is more heart issues. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But so I want to jump into kind of what we were tipping, we were touching point on is insulin resistance. Now, I first want to just do a quote, um, if you're okay with that, Tiffany, um, from webmd.com forward slash cholesterol management. Okay. So for those folks that are listening in are like, what the heck is she talking about? What are they talking about? What is insulin resistance? So insulin resistance is when cells in your muscles, fat, and liver don't respond well to insulin and can't use glucose from your blood for energy. And we need that to keep us upright every day. Um, so to make up for it, your pancreas makes more insulin. You think that's a good thing? No, it's not, okay? And we're gonna dive deeper into that. Um, over time, your blood sugar levels up. And then what happens is insulin resistance syndrome includes a group of problems like Obesity. I know for myself, and we're going to, we're going to dive into this and I, and I want to hear from you, but, um, and, and we're going to talk about serotonin and, and a condition stress button. And once you start working on it, my weight jacked up in one month, we talked about this by, I think I remember telling my husband when we were in death Valley, I think it was around 12 pounds in one month. And I'm like, what 
what am I doing? What is going on? Why all of a sudden I'm doing all this mind work to try to quell my condition, stress response, work on health PTSD, and I'm gaining a ton of weight in one month, right? So in, I had no clue what was that about and nor could you get any answers from the doctor, right? right? So um, it in, so insulin resistance syndrome includes problems like obesity, massive weight gain out of nowhere, high blood pressure. I was dealing with high blood pressure constantly, high cholesterol, um, and type 2 diabetes. So it's basically the precursor to type 2 diabetes. And again, like I'm going to repeat this again, it could affect as many as one in three Americans. So it's also referred to as metabolic syndrome and often misdiagnosed for PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. I want to get your take. I want you to dive deeper into insulin resistance <laughs> in the Tiffany way, because I think Tiffany it's really way. wonderful <laughs> the way you explain it. Yes. Go ahead, <laughs> Tiffany. Take it away. So, I guess the basic, I mean, the basic conversation is your body is under a lot of stress, right? We have this huge stress response. And what happens is, is we will deplete our energy stores, right? The, so the cortisol, the epinephrine, all of that stuff gets released. What happens is your body says, hey, I need survival fast. It then takes the insulin and burns the insulin for you to move as if you were being chased by a tiger. It's the quick energy, right? If, if you are in what we call a conditioned stress response where you are under stress all day long, hence chronic illness, hence the executives I'm working with. What happens is um, your body cannot shuttle nutrients into the cells like it needs to. So then your nutrient depleted. So that's where you'll see depletion of B12, you'll see depletion of vitamin D, you'll see depletion of, um, you know, pretty much every nutrient that you need, right? That the most important ones. So then when you finally learn how to get your stress under control, which is often years or if at all, because most people don't realize that they need to work on their stress and that there's a mind to body connection, um, your body will then, as you start to come out of that stress response, it doesn't know how to respond to insulin and sugars appropriately. So what happens is that now affects your gut with candida, now affects your liver and the detox of toxins, and then your pancreas and how much it can filter or produce, right? So then you will have almost like an exaggerated um, response to these things. So that could be even carbs and proteins um, because it can spike your insulin levels, right? So when the insulin finally makes it way to your cells, once you have enough production and your body says, oh, wait a minute, I need to put these nutrients into these cells, it will like jam it into the cells. And that's where you'll see like, I'm hungry after I just finished a meal. Yeah. Right. And I know you and I both talked about that. I, you know, I'm going through insulin resistance right now. It's I'm pretty much self-diagnosed. Yeah. And I think, I think it's, it's going to be life management. Like it's always, it's going it, it to be something be. that's always something we're going to both have to really work on. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just something to be aware of, but um, you know, I talking about the weight shift, I, I went from 129 pounds to my heaviest now at 229 and that's a hundred pounds swing. When I was yeah. sick, I was going through muscle wasting. I was going through cell depletion. Um, but what I didn't realize is that because I was low on insulin, or I was low on the glucose stores, you need that in order to build muscle. Yeah. So if you think about it, I didn't have muscle. I was not being regulated. I was under a conditioned stress response. It was the perfect storm of 
of shit, <laughs> if you will, yeah. for now my body to say, hey, we need to hibernate all of this. Um, and so this, this cycle happens is I need sugar now, push all my nutrients into the cells. Now your body feels like it's depleted. You act like you're hungry again. You eat again and your body's like, I don't know what to do with this. And so it is that then it makes us think we have to do low carb, we overeat, we stress eat, and then that keeps our stress levels high. So it, it is really a, um, a cycle, if you will, of, of how your body is, you know, processing this. And I, you know, looking through this, I, I'll be honest, I didn't know. I mean, I was, I knew I wasn't absorbing food, um, as well, because I would lose three, four pounds a day. I was rapidly losing weight. Um, and then, you know, getting my stress under control, I, I swung almost the opposite way. And yes. yep. nobody could explain why, um, yeah. you know, I, I'm iron deficient. I'm having hormonal issues. I have PCOS. Um, mm -hmm. the weight is not coming off as easy. Um, I don't have energy. Like, so coming through that chronic illness phase and, and learning how to control those things. Why? Well, yes, that's great. Now I have a whole nother repair phase that I didn't know existed. And I think a lot of people don't know exists. Um, We're bringing this water. out. Truly. We are bringing this out, Tiffany. This is a truth talk right here. Oh yeah. Thousand percent. And I don't think, you know, I, I, neither one of us really, until we started talking, <laughs> we were like, no. Hey, Julie, are you seeing? And I think that's, it's happened this whole entire time as we've gone through this journey. We're like, Julie, are you seeing this? T Tip, are you seeing this? And I'm like, well, yeah, kind of, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, we started putting the dots together that there has to be this repair phase, but because we're kind of living back on normal ground again, um, mm -hmm. and, and living, you know, kind of amongst the living, if you will, yeah. we want to throw everything at it. Right. Instead of taking a logical stepped approach and that creates more stress. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it, it has to be those micro things that we change to not a put per stress on the body, right. but then, you know, go to, that's why keto is not good. Right. I was going to talk about that. <laughs> I was going to talk about that. Um, you know, this is why Count on that. Yeah. Good. Yeah, this is why keto isn't really good, right? You're depleting your body of the things that it needs, but you're going low carb. Your body does have to have some carbs in order for it to actually function the way that it should, especially for adrenal burnout, especially for adrenal burnout, yep. because you're, you're making the stress on your kidneys, the stress on your liver, the stress on your adrenals because you're not eating the way that you should. Yes, you will have a temporary weight loss of water weight. Um, but what happens is again, you start to eat those foods again and your body does not know how to process it correctly. Oh my gosh, that's so good. You just hit the nail on every, I mean, every single point was just like spot on, spot on, spot on Tiff. I, I, I the way I learned it, once I started discovering, I remember coming out I think we went to death Valley in nine in 19 end of night. It was around that. I think when it was like, okay to go to death Valley, cause it's freaking hot there. So we it was manageable. And I remember I was gaining the weight and I was like, what the hell? And I was like you very sick, skinny, 97 pounds. wet. I remember seeing pictures of you going, Holy hell. Um, you look like a skeleton. We were all going through that process. Malnourished can't eat hyper, hypersensitive, hyper stressed out. And then we started doing this work to try to get the conditioned stress response in check. 
And then of course, you know, you learn, oh, well, you can eat anything you want and everything you want. So I began that doing that again and then noticing but I wasn't really going, I was going back to my normal way of how I used to eat before I was sick. We didn't want it to be a fair response, right? We wanted yes. to be normal and quote unquote normal. Yeah. Thank you. And so, um, I think again, like you said, my body and looking back at the labs, which is so funny. Cause we kind of both have been throwing that. I look back at my labs and I'm like, my liver was still freaking toxic. Like it was super stressed. It was still a problem, even despite my efforts towards brain retraining or brain reprogramming. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, no wonder why the insulin wasn't being transported correctly because my liver was like, no, 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 don't give me anything more. Move it to the muscles. Well, I wasn't working out like I should. No, no, move it to the fat cells. And so it was just kind of like getting shuffled all around to where I think that signaling was such a freaking problem between the brain and the uh, pancreas that it was so confused and turned upside down to which you are, you hit so many great points about, um, even, even the fact that now, you know, I would say, oh my gosh, I'm gaining all this weight. Maybe I should try keto. But then once I started keto, I felt like shit most days because my bot, my blood uh, sugar would spike. And all of a sudden I'm hypoglycemic and I felt like I was going to throw up or pass out. And I'm like, how do I bring my brain retrain my way out of this one, nothing worked for that in regards yeah. to brain retraining. Well, and think I, about keto. I mean, think yeah. about keto, right? We deplete ourselves from insulin because that's what you're doing is trying to get your blood sugars down and you're trying to get the ketones in your urine. That's what everybody tests for. Yes. Right. You're trying to burn fat, right? But you need some of those things. And remember, you need the insulin to push the nutrients to your cells. So all you're doing is depleting yourself of nutrients. And that's why a lot of people on keto have to heavily supplement. Yeah. Um, you know, I hear people all the time, the keto flu, keto flu is shit. I mean, it feels horrible. Yes. And, and, and a lot of it is because you don't have the blood sugars and you don't have the nutrients. So what Thank are people you. doing? They are drinking um, Gatorades and things with minerals um, to help kind of push that stuff into their cells, which they don't have. So yeah. they're having to compensate for it. And it's, it's not healthy. No, it's not. And on top of that, again, you, you also talked about just a little bit earlier insulin resistance and the impact that it makes with candida and then the, sh- the sugar cravings. And then what happens to your gut lining? I just listened to a talk on that it was really fascinating about what happens to the lining and then how, uh, candida really creates so many opportunities for the candy to spread and grow to which then suppresses your immune response. It really messes with your hormones. It really messes with insulin resistance. And it just, it becomes a beast. It becomes a beast. So the second you get off of keto and you eat a bite of a red pepper that has four grams of sugar in it, right? All of a sudden you've got like a weight gain. You're like, what the hell? I, and you've been stressing out eating nothing but meat and protein and low glycemic foods that are like under five grams of sugar. And then the second you eat something that's a little bit higher sugar content, your body just retains it. It just all of a sudden stores it in your fat cells and your fat cells explode. And then you got more fat on your body. And you're like, why do I feel bloated when I'm really doing my best to try to stick with this keto? And I feel like crap. <laughs> I'm tired because my adrenals are shot. And I'm not helping feed my adrenals. And then on top of that, um, I'm yeah, having depending on what your workouts are going to be too. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. And all your blood, my blood, you know, my blood sugar was all over the board. And I'm like, there's nothing I could do at that point, but really step back and go, okay, 
mind work is just one part of the puzzle. We got to dive deeper into what this is about. What is my body trying to tell me? And that's why I started looking at the insulin resistance and then starting asking you, what's your thoughts on that? Where, where are you seeing things? What are you seeing with your clients? You know, what are you, what am I seeing with my clients? And it's like, wow, this is really rearing its ugly head. And it's another piece that we have to address. <laughs> well, and let's talk about this for a second, Julie, too, yeah. is that we're talking about healthy bodies. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about people like us who have been heavily medicated on top of this destruction. So if you look at, you know, I was on Klonopin, um, destroyed all of my GABA cells, um, you know, and in my entire body. And so, you know, a lot of people don't understand the effects of medication in these types of situations, because that's what everybody wants to throw at everything, right? It's just here, let me give you a quick pill for this, or, Hey, let me put you on Wellbutrin to get the, well, you know, the weight loss off. It, it's a bandaid. It's such a bandaid. And, um, I think, you know, coming off of the medication in addition to at the same time, I'm healing a stress response at the same time, I'm trying to now look at my gut health and everything else. Yeah. yeah. It's a perfect storm of shit. And no wonder I gained a hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, living in fight or flight for two years and then going through harsh, harsh withdrawal. Yeah. Um, my body was just freaking depleted and it takes a long time to help repair your adrenals let alone some of the other things that are going on. So I have to give myself some grace because yes, I don't feel well with this weight gain. It sucks. It's horrible. But at the same time, I know my body went from ah to ah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just two different spectrums. Yes. And so, you know, it freaked, it freaked out. And so, yeah. you know, I do have the hypoglycemic episodes where if I don't have sugar in the morning, like to get going, it's like my equivalent to coffee, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I fell back in the same habits I did when I was working in sales. I was Diet Coke in the morning, hurry up, quick breakfast sandwich out the door. I went because that was my equivalent to caffeine. Yeah. That yeah. was my caffeine fix. And I love Diet um, Coke. I'm sorry, but that I'm like, oh, that'd be so good. <laughs> At McDonald's diet ah. every morning. Yeah, um, yeah. And I've, I have fallen back into a lot of those bad habits where I was drinking nothing but water. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've fallen back into some of those habits because I can tell like when my blood sugar is low Yeah, and I just don't feel as well. So, I mean, these are things that people are, you know, they need to watch out for. Absolutely. So I want to talk real quick. I'm going to talk about a study because um, I yeah. want to segue into, you know, when we are stressed out, our serotonin output gets really tanked out. And I think it's really important for people to understand how instrumental serotonin is between it. And I'm going to give you guys uh, the actual verbiage from this study um, in regards to what serotonin does between the the brain and the pancreas and what they're now starting to find out. This is a very recent study. So um, there's a recent study in www. And I'll put the links in this podcast episode www.biorxiv.org. So they found that serotonin is co-released with insulin and therefore conveys information about the secretory, um, secretory uh, state of beta cells in the uh, vaginal or the vaginal, the vagal nerve. <laughs> vaginal, I think it's vaginal in my mind, uh, which means that the pancreatic beta cells communicate with the brain. So we both know that 90% of serotonin is found in the cells of your GI, so your gastrointestinal tract. 
If the gut health is bad, stress toxins are overloaded, mito damage is present, which we both have had to deal with, we are sitting ducks for insulin resistance. Okay, so I want to hear your thoughts on the cycle of sickness and then the role insulin resistance has played for people who continue to remain unwell or seeing massive weight gain, hormone disruptions, and blood sugar instabilities. Yeah. So first and foremost, I, uh, me personally, I think the driver of the bus is stress response. Okay. Right. Considering the state that we are living in right now, post COVID, even you're starting to see people push back on things emotionally, right? There's a lot more mental health. There's a lot more depression. There's a lot more people saying, Hey, I'm not going to, I see this in the corporate world where they're like, Hey, you know, I just did toxic Tuesday on people yeah. pushing back about using yeah. vacation time. Yep. Right. And, um, you're starting to see people push back on those things. And so people are scrambling, trying to get their mental health under control. Mm -hmm. And I don't think they really know how to do that, right? There's a lot of information out there. Here's a med, here's a drug, here's a mental health coach. Here's, here's all of these things, but they need to get the stress response. That is the driver of the bus. The passengers are gut health, restoration, insulin resistance, toxic offload, body repair. Like they're the little passengers behind you that need help. And, you know, it's like, okay, here's the next stop. This person needs to get off when they, you finally repair it until then you have no more people on your bus. Right. And so, um, I always like to use analogies, right? <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> it's great. Um, but I yeah. wish somebody would have said to me, like, out of all of this hell, you're going to have to go through, there's going to be a repair phase. And I think, um, you know, most of us have done thousands and thousands and thousands of hundreds of thousands. I know you and I both are in the well hundred thousands of treatment that most of us never needed. And so this shit show of mess, you know, we are now going back and having to repair. And I, like I said, up until recently, I didn't really realize how crucial it was, but I'm like, hey, there's something missing. And then when I started to have massive hormone issues, um, you know, my cycles, you know, two years ago, I had my left ovary removed because I had a tumor. It had its own blood supply, um, had that removed. I never had cysts on my right ovary. I have cysts all over my right ovary now. And that's the only one I have left. My cycles are extremely heavy. Yes, I'm 46 and going. So I'm also wondering too, how many people that are going through prayer menopause and menopause are dealing with IR mm -hmm. and not necessarily, you know, blaming it all on hormones, like we fix the hormones, but we're still dealing with all these other problems over here, which, you know, you talked about in the one study that a lot of people are over 40, 50 that are experiencing this. How many people hormonally are experiencing IR and not necessarily hormone issues? Um, and I, I, obviously it's all interconnected, but don't just focus on, Hey, I'm going to give you some pellets for estrogen, or, Hey, I'm going to give you something, a cream for progesterone, but what are we doing from a diet standpoint too? Um, and so when we look at this, we start to repair these things. I think you're going to see a difference, but it has to be talked about. I mean, you and I have had these conversations where we give groundbreaking information. It's like, what the hell are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. So I know. I think, you know, I think that's, it really comes, I guess that's my take on things. Yeah. But I think, I think we're, I think we're providing really helpful information for people that are like on this really crazy lime mold gut health train. And they're like, I still don't. And then they're, they're telling themselves, well, I just mind reprogram or do the brain training work and it's going to get well, but it's still, 
there was a process in you getting sick. There's a process to getting yourself well. And unfortunately, it's not just a one thing. It's it really no. is- and you may feel better with the like I said, you know, stress response is the driver of the bus. Yeah. Right. Get that under control. And then let's see what's left. A lot of times it is the gut health. A lot of times it is. And then you work on your gut health, which then affects your hormones, then affects your insulin levels, that affects your thyroid, that affects how you process things. Like first and foremost, my, my take on it is getting stress under control. Then your body knows what it's now. It doesn't have to deal with just that. Now it can filter, it can process, it can, you know, I had a lot of gene expression, um, you know, celiac disease and a lot of other things that turned out to not be because of just my, it had flipped on because of my stress response. Yeah. Now that that has flipped off, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't have the, you don't see the gene expression anymore. Yeah. So getting those things under control and then working on like the gut health and you know, what's left over and you can do them simultaneously. Right. Absolutely. I mean, That's what I was going to say. I'm like, there's no reason for people not to do the mind hacking work and the gut health work, because you're kind of, you're, you're really maximizing your output and to, I don't want to say push or rushing, getting better, but you're going to see to me, I found for my own your time. Yeah. And on top of that, when you talk about genetics, so in my genetics, we have family members that were just recently diagnosed with uh, type one type could be type two diabetes. And I looked back at my, my genetics raw data and it's like, Oh shit, it's, I have HLA DQA one. And I'm like, well, there you go. It's in the writing. Like it's like the genetics is the gun. And I have all these pre thing, these like the bus, right. And it's getting loaded with all these things, the food toxins, stress toxins, environmental toxins. And I'm just a sitting duck waiting for you know, type one to kick in or type two to kick in. And I don't want that. That scares the shit out of me, to be honest. There's a lot of it's it's figuring out what your triggers are specifically. Again, mind health is a big piece. Um, And then working on your physical health. You know, I didn't realize that, you know, I was still very low in vitamin D. I didn't realize that I was anemic. I was like, God, I'm tired all the time. Well, my heavy cycles aren't helping that. <laughs> and then I go get, you know, my iron tested and they're like, yeah, you're severely anemic. I'm like, well, no shit. Um, you know, and so what do I have to do to kind of mitigate that? But I think, you know, we are not doing those things and you know, sleep is a big factor, right? I mean, there's so many things that we could be doing and it's not to stress you out because not everybody needs all of these pieces. And I think that for me, when I was going, and this is my own experience, again, disclaimer, um, going to my path, it was like, throw everything at her at one time. Mm-hmm. We're going to make changes to your birth control, your foods, your toxins. We're going to, you know, you've got mold this, you've got this, this. And it was like all at one time, instead of taking a step back and saying, hey, what's going on? Yeah, <laughs> right? Absolutely. Like, what is going on with you? Let's get your mind right. Let's see what your body can do on its own. And then, you know, we're working on your gut health at the same time. What's left after that? And I guarantee you 90% of these people, Julie, wouldn't even need half the shit that they're on. Absolutely. And you know, it's, it's so, I want to point this out. Now, this is a, this is absolutely something that they're seeing now in children children are showing signs of insulin resistance issues, not necessarily full-blown syndrome. 
as early as puberty, maybe even before that. And, and I think to myself, why, why can't we catch it early before it gets out of hand? And, um, and then now here you and I are, you're working with, with professionals, executives, and it's like, well, now you have to figure out how to help that group kind of backtrack. And it's like, I wish we could do something to start earlier, you know, on to kind of educate folks on the signs, the symptoms, and what to look for in kids, to which we don't now, we're not dealing with this now in our work, professional life. Acne. One yes. of I'm dealing with and major acne issues. Acne is a big, um, big one for kids. Well, and I found this is, I I know I just told you this the other day, I found other, there are other things that are just not even, uh, you know, because if you go on to like, I don't know what it is, uh, WebMD or whatever, and they just give you the classic symptoms of freaking insulin resistance. I'm like, that's all bullshit, because that's kind of like way down the road, right? But the early, early signs, and I, um, I remember when I started to kind of look backwards in time, and I thought, yeah, I had sebaceous cysts when I was younger. I remember my mom finding some on my back. And then, um, and then I had skin tags, which was really weird and developing that early acne, of course, and weird, uh, hormonal surges, feeling off, feeling anxious, you know, kids that feel anxious. Maybe there's something going on with their hormone levels. Maybe it's linked to insulin, insulin resistance, fierce, fierce sugar cravings. I could not wait to get a bowl of of sugared cereal after school every day. And I think that's that 3 p.m. adrenal slump, right? Yes. You know, you, you, you push your kid all. Yeah. Yeah. You push your kid all day through school and then they, and then they're, they're wiped in the afternoon. And I was one of those. And, and then of course, as you, your kids are going through it, they've got activities at night. So what's going to get us through that is sugar. Plus the American diet, you know, margarine, we were a margarine family. Um, you know, everything had sugar in it. We added sugar to our lasagna. I mean, it was just kind of always sugar stuff. So if I looked back in time at my diet on top of never managing stress, anxiety, feelings, you know, we weren't taught how to, how to feel and then what to do with the feelings. Right. (laughs) <laughs> the hat smile chart didn't exist. Huh? We don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> no, we don't talk about that. Yeah, no, no, no. But yeah, so I'm like thinking this the smile chart never existed in my household. I don't know about yours. You know, are you happy, sad, mad, or angry? It was like, deal with it, knock it off, you know. Stop, stop being stop being a drama queen. I'm like, okay. So now, you know, now it's a shit show that we all have to deal with. But I know I wanted to ask you, um, what you're seeing in your work. And I want you to kind of dive deep in helping executives and how you work with them on, you know, staying, staying uh, physically healthy and mentally healthy, mentally fit. So can you give us some of your take on that? Yeah. I mean, right now, you know, executive wellness, if you look up executive wellness, because I think part of where I struggled was when I wanted to get into coaching, where on my timeline did I want to help people? And I think, you know, for me, it's all about the prevention. And I think that's where I struggled with, was the prevention. Where did I want to be in my timeline? And so when I started looking at those things, and and when you look up executive wellness, most of the time, you're just seeing nutrition and exercise. That's it. I mean, you Google it and it's like, okay, um, are we talking, we talking about, I remember, I remember when I worked for Caterpillar and Abbott, it was just blood pressure checks. (laughs) It was like, the hell is that? Are you, are you healthy enough to drive a car? Good. We're yes. good. 
Um, Can you stand upright to sell your products? We're good. Um, Can you not pass out in the operating room? We're good. Um, (laughs) But so right now, what we're seeing is you're starting to see a huge shift in the corporate world. And I say corporate loosely because, you know, we have a lot of people in the private sector moving into their own businesses. So it's not just um, corporate entities. It's also, you know, um, entrepreneurs starting their own businesses and starting their own companies. But what we're seeing is um, a huge need for mental health, for one. Um, emotional intelligence overall, one out of three Americans are even equipped to be emotionally intelligent. Um, not a lot of self-awareness, not a lot of self-regulation. Again, I didn't realize how stressed out I, I was very high functioning. Didn't realize how much damage that was doing to my body. And then career well, career wellness. Are you even in the position you want to be in? Are you just doing it <laughs> just to do it, right? Again, post-COVID, you're starting to see people not go back to their careers and people are like, oh, they're just lazy. No, they just don't want to put up with that shit anymore. Um, and you're starting to see people push back on that. So career wellness is another one. What, what do you want your career to look like? And so as I'm working with individuals, we're hitting all of these things. You know, the mental affects the physical, affects your career. That, if you think about it, that is 90% of your life, yes. right? I mean, it honestly, it's 90% of your life. The other 10% is your family and it affects your family too. Um, so, you know, that's what we're trying to build. And that's what I'm really trying to build is, is really an executive wellness company that looks at everything. And it's not just you. If you want a healthy company to survive, you have to also treat your team the same way. And that means you have to take a step back, insert narcissism, (laughs) little man syndrome, um, where we have a lot of pushback from leaders. It's like, well, I don't need to do that. No, yes, you do. Your employee retention sucks. Your company culture sucks. There's a lot of things that you're asking people to do to go above and beyond that they're not willing to do any quiet quitting, right? I know, I'm sure you've heard about that over the last Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yes, yeah. You're starting to see a lot of these things, but- being a nurse and a sales leader, I see things from a different viewpoint um, where you can see the train kind of coming down the tracks. It's like, hey, buddy, <laughs> you know, or hey, you're putting so much stress trying to manage your career and your family. Like you, there's so many things that are happening and you're killing yourself. Well, and I, I also think too, Tiffany, in regards to the cost aspect of it, it's like yeah. if you put a program, a mindset by design, you guys, and also too, if you want to check out her website, because I want to plug it real quick. Um, if if you want to work with Tiffany, it's www.a, like as an Apple, mindsetbydesign.com. But um, what I was going to say is how the cost benefit of hiring you for an organization, because then that way you are keeping people happy, which means they don't have to take off time because they are sick, maybe, you know, because of flu virus season, whatever, but maybe, you know, they're, they're feeling that way because of the stress and the adrenal burnout and all the things that we've discussed. Um, If you create a program like that, which you have, that it would save companies millions of dollars. Well, but that's the problem, right? Is they have to realize that there is a problem. And if you start looking at your retention rates, your relationship with your teams, um, the stress that you're putting on them, how many of them are taking days off? How many of them are calling in sick? How many are not using their vacation days? That's the almost exact opposite, right? We would expect people with mental health 
to want to take days off, but oftentimes like myself, I was a workaholic and didn't take days off. So you have to look at both of those things. And, um, we're starting to see more heart attacks. We're starting to see females who are um, having more anxiety. I, you know, I was reading on Reddit the other day, a gentleman had a panic attack at work, left the office and panicked and went home because that was his safe space. And he was fired from his position because he didn't tell his boss. Wow. Again, right. Where, where are we coming from? And so, um, you know, our company, my company specifically is really working with, with, everybody on this issue. And if you want to have a successful business moving forward, you have to start looking at the emotional intelligence of your company. And that's why I say a mindset by design. It's like lead by design and not by accident. A lot of leaders are put into positions by accident (laughs) and they don't know how to deal with the stressors. They don't know how to lead people. They don't know how to have tough conversations. And so what do they do? They overcompensate because of fear. And they think that if they fear people into doing what they want them to do, that it's, it's fine. Um, it's, and it's all to kind of shut down their emotional response. But what we're seeing is that companies are actually hiring more coaches and less management teams because they want to have a different result. And so that's what we're seeing. That's awesome. So, okay. Again, I want you to put out there how people can reach out to you. Do they go to your website? Or- Absolutely. You can go to the website. I do. Again, it's www.amindsetbydesign. Um, I do private coaching. I also, um, we are launching our membership coming up soon where we're going to have just a bunch of different topics, um, you know, because we want to talk about all of these things. It, and some of it is your relationship with your spouse, you're, you know, um, drug addiction, porn addiction. I mean, there's a lot of other things that we compensate with to have dopamine, serotonin, <laughs> oxytocin yeah. response, right? Endorphin yeah. response um, that are all conditioned stress response effects, if you will. And then what does it look like to take care of yourself nutritionally? What is it, you know, all of these things are interconnected. And I think, you know, from a health and wellness standpoint, uh, we are one of the few companies that are doing that. That's that's bananas. B A N A N A S. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, and you know, and I think, you know, we we want people to have a healthy career. We want people. I mean, if you're spending ninety percent of your life in a career, mm-hmm. let's do it in a healthy way. If we want longevity for our children, and we want longevity in your legacy to live on, so to speak, depending on the organization that you're starting, we have to start with healthy people, healthy companies. And, you know, if we're spending 90% and like I said, you're seeing more and more people start their own businesses, but then we have a problem there because they're taking the toxicity with them. They want something different, but yet they are not learning differently. How do I mean, I, this is the way I've always seen people manage people. This is the way I'm going to manage somebody. I knew I wanted something different, but our subconscious brains are assholes. Yeah, that's true. Right. And so so we're starting to see that too with these newfound CEO entrepreneurs where they want to start these companies. They just don't know how to start them as healthy companies because they're doing the same thing, getting the same result. And so, you know, we are starting to work with more CEOs of of new businesses before they hire people on to get their mind right to, to, you know, start their new healthy teams. That's wonderful, Tiffany. That's so Okay. I'm going to get to my last three questions. Um, I first and foremost, 
just want to ask you what inspires you to do this work? <laughs> well, we've had a good hour conversation on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, I think, you know, Jules, it's, it really was my life experience. You know, I, I honestly, I don't think I would have ever made this decision to do what I'm doing now if I still was in my corporate career, right? It just kind of moving that direction, but kind of the total body shutdown, everything that, you know, being a nurse, kind of my medical background and the prevention and all of those things, like it almost cost me, it, it, it honestly has cost me four years of my life, um, you know, and I'm 46. So, you know, I'm halfway, halfway there, um, you know, and that has taken a lot of time away from my family and now having to heal the trauma with my family and my kids has taken time too. And I, I don't think, you know, in the midst of it, we're so self-centered and, and not necessarily a bad way, but we're so focused on healing that we tend to forget around the other people around us that are having to go through their own trauma with it. Um, so when I looked at it, when it was all said and done, you know, a week after I resigned from my position, my position was posted. And I was like, nobody gave a shit at how much stress I was under. Nobody gave a shit. And the only person that can change that is me. And so now when I'm, I'm talking to executives or I'm talking to people, it's like, you have to take care of yourself first because you die today. Literally your, your position is going to be posted or eliminated in the next week. And, and so you're giving so much to a business and not that you're not getting anything in return, but you also have to learn some boundaries. Right. And, and now you're seeing it again, post COVID where people have been done dirty all these years. And they're like, yeah, I'm not good. I'm not good with this anymore. Yeah. 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 It's a huge so, trend. It's absolutely. Oh, percent. Yeah. Huge. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. Okay. So my second question is what, do you, where do you see yourself? I mean, you don't have to go crazy, but five to 10 years from now, <laughs> I call this my Island B. Um, yeah. I really want to collaborate with more health practitioners, um, stress experts. Um, again, we want to continue this well past our generation, right? So um, we want people to focus more on people instead of just profit. And I know that's hard to understand, especially, and again, it's a mindset shift from our corporate entities and the people at the top, like, I need profit, I need profit, I need profit your profit is not good if you don't have the people to stand stand the business. And you're starting to see businesses close because they don't have people or employees to actually work for them, right? And I know the drug companies are not gonna like me any, <laughs> not gonna like me because yeah. I mean, let's just say we want healthy people. We want healthy individuals where they don't feel like they have to be medicated 24 seven in order to get that result. Give them the power back to be able to do that. Yes, awesome, awesome. Okay, my last question is, and this is going to shift to insulin resistance or insulin resistance syndrome. What is your hope rope message that you would give to somebody that is starting to kind of see some of those symptoms and starting to question or is deep in the trenches, trench, trench, trenches of insulin resistance syndrome? What, what, what would be your hope message? Right. But you have to be able to ask the right questions. Let's, and let's back up for a second, because we didn't really talk about this too much, Joel. Tiffany, do you mind going back to the beginning of what you just said? Cause it would completely cut out. I think we oh, just said, yeah. no, not a problem. Okay. Um, so it can be reversed. However, I think one of the things that we need to look at too, and we didn't talk about this is that you need to ask questions and 
I my A1C is normal. My A1C is like 5.2, 5.1, somewhere in that range, right? My A1C is normal. My, um, you know, when I go and have my blood sugars tested, they're normal. However, there's other things that are kind of showing themselves, right? It doesn't always produce a result. You may see your cholesterol levels up and down and you're like, why is that happening? Um, you know, there's other things that you can look at, but you have to be able to ask those questions first and foremost. You also have to be patient with yourself. Um, you know, it's not an overnight thing. Yes, I am frustrated that I have a hundred pound weight gain and I don't feel good about those things. And I have some people like, how are you going to coach on health and wellness when, but I'm experiencing what's happening in real time. I'm experiencing what's happening to people who actually are working on themselves and find themselves in this position and don't know why. Um, and so the best learner is, is to kind of go through it yourself, right? Your experience. Um, and so you really need to learn how to focus on yourself. And that comes from stress, nutrition, exercise, your career. Like I say always is take yourself back to a beginner's mindset. If you didn't have these blocks, what would you be doing differently? Right. And so it's really just, Hey, yes, I have a hundred pound weight gain, but if I didn't have that weight gain, what would I be doing differently right now? Right. Instead of shoving everything in the kitchen sink at it, what's one small behavior habit that I could do today? Well, maybe I cut out my morning diet Coke, or I cut out my afternoon diet Coke for this week, right? Slowly pull back on your triggers of things, getting better sleep. Um, maybe I incorporate more vitamin D or I start taking an iron supplement to see how I feel this week. It's the small changes that add up over time. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to go back to just real quick before we wrap up, but, um, a couple of things that I want to just mention just to piggyback off of what you said, um, you know, for myself, I, you know, I was gaining the weight and then got it, got it back down. Um, I, but I went to my doctor and again, this is not medical advice and I'm disclaiming, disclaiming, but my A1C was well below 5.7, which means it was, I, I'm looking at my, I'm looking at my report now, but I was my, my BM, my BMI was actually pretty normal, um, for my body weight. And also on top of that, um, for my height and my, to my body weight ratio, but also too, my A1C was well below you know what it was in the normal range. I think it was 4.8. Yeah. So um, it doesn't mean that you don't have, that you don't have insulin issues or insulin resistance issues for it doesn't me. It doesn't always have to be weight gain either. And it doesn't have it to be, be weight, weight loss. Yes. I, you really do have to go outside the box because currently there is no clear specific sensitive diagnostic parameter or test that's on the market. I know I've really had some conversations with BioVision Diagnostics. You would have to spend well over $2,100 to be able to really get a nice clinical testing picture yeah. to determine if you have insulin resistance, okay? Um, but I wanna say is, is absolutely there is hope. Um, I wanted to piggyback off of you with that because I know people have messaged me about that. And um, some of the small steps, like Tiffany mentioned, there's just little changes. You don't want to go out this balls to the wall. You don't absolutely do not do that. We did that enough. We did that enough, especially <laughs> if you're a person tuning in that has chronic illness and still like, I just, you know, I'm in this brain retraining stuff and I still feel like something's off. I've been doing it. I've been at it for three to four years now, and I'm still feeling 
not right. Or I've seen massive gait, uh, weight gain. You don't want to go at anything moving forward in your, li- in your life falls to the walls because you've done that. That led you up to getting sick, which we've pretty much hit the nail on the head with that one, right? Um, absolutely continue with doing the work with keeping, you know, trying to manage. This is life management, condition, stress response. But I will say without going into supplements, supplements have been helpful for me to get things in check. And, um, and I know Dr. Uh, Dr. James, um, it's a really long name. It's it's like Dinick. So, um, but he's got a long Italian name. It looks like, but I follow him on Instagram. He's really been giving a lot of great information. Um, So there's a product it's called Mayo in it's Anuncetol, which has been a really good one. Again, I'm going to disclaim, disclaim. Um, there are a lot of real natural supplements. There's natural things you can do to boost that piece. And I can go deeper into that in another live, but um, th- it's a really important carbohydrate that you need to have for your body to be able to really regulate insulin resistance. And yeah. you can naturally get it through um, cantaloupe, beans, nuts. Um, and, you know, so the thing that I think is, is that do everything in a very calculated approach here moving forward, get your stress in check, check your gut, your gut health is absolutely a thousand percent involved with this. It, it's what got me sick. I'm assuming it's a contributing factor into what got you to where you're at. Um, but you can get better. It's just baby steps. And it's like Tiffany said, patience and just really, really putting a, a plan together for yourself. Yeah. The worst thing that was important. Yeah. Last thing you want to do is go out and go, you know, doing hit workouts and carb yeah. cycling and all of these things that are going to stress your body even more. And I think, you know, we've learned from those lessons, Yeah. Um, you know, because everybody thinks more is better and it's, it's not in this case. No, it's not. And, you know, I started, uh, you know, even like supplementations, like um, berberine. I mean, that was one that I, I really went slow with to really talk to my body and be like, is this working for me? If not, then I'm moving on to the next thing. Or is it just me needing some, a change up in my diet? Is it just little movements? Is it, you know, well, what kind of movements that are doing testing with metformin? And if people oh. don't want to do metformin, they're doing berberine. Yes. Um, because it acts the same way. Um, Absolutely. So you're yes. seeing physicians who don't even you know, because they don't have a complete test for this, that they will just trial metformin to see how your body responds to it. And it's dangerous. Sorry, metformin has a ton of side side effects. Oh, you and I know we both came from the drug arena, surgery, you know, you, yeah. well, you're and surgical. You just on the insulin but, resistance Facebook pages and you're seeing it um, everywhere. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So I think we really hit so many amazing points again, bringing the truth out. We do, we do. <laughs> bringing things to the, to the surface. Cause it needs to happen. But all I want to say is, um, you guys connect with Tiffany again, I'm going to re um, reiterate her website, which her website looks amazing. It's www.amindsetbydesign.com. Now you can also email her Tiffany at a mindset by um, connect with her on Facebook. So simple handle, it's at Tiffany R. Spencer and also on Instagram and TikTok. She's got some amazing information she's putting out there to the world to learn more about her services and what she does to help so many people. And I'm just really amazed and impressed 
you're just a, a wealth of knowledge. I've always leaned into you hard on, Hey, what do you think of this? What's your thoughts on that? And, um, it's, you've always given me really, you just got away with words and explanation. And I really am appreciative of that. Well, thanks, Julia. I appreciate it. Yes. <laughs> I think, yes. you know, just to, it's, it's getting the information out there. And again, you know, I think these are such important, I mean, we could go on and on for hours, but you know, just important topics that, you know, we, as we have discovered them, have just kind of put them to the forefront and, and you're seeing that, I mean, and we, and we continue to do that. And that's what I appreciate about our partnership. And, and we've continued to do that over the years, yes. right. Is, is how do we make our lives better and other lives better? I mean, that's yeah. really what it comes down to. And kind of sharing as we're going, it's like, wow. Okay. Another thing, <laughs> another, another turn you know, in the road that we got to deal with. So um, yeah. So I appreciate everything and I hope you help. We can come back. I think there's so many great topics, adrenal burnout. I think you hit the nail on the head about menopause and perimenopause. And that could be really a problem for people in the workforce. Um, I remember myself and people that were older than me going through it. And I was like, what is, what are they dealing with? You know, but it was so difficult for them at work and their struggles and being silent and like, just, you know, really struggling with talking about it. Um, but I think there's so many great topics and I can't wait to hear what you have in store on Instagram. You guys follow her on Instagram. She does toxic Tuesdays, um, really, really good information about toxicity in, in the workforce and what she's seeing. Um, and you guys just connect with her. And then if you are interested in working with her again, connect with her through her website. Awesome. Thanks. I appreciate Thanks. it. This was so much fun, Jules. It was, it's like old times. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Thank you guys for tuning in. A special thank you to our guest expert, Tiffany Spencer of www.amindsetbydesign.com. You can find all of her links in the description of this episode. If you like what you heard, please hit the subscribe button and you'll be notified of future episodes. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, or connect with us through our website at www dot flip f-l-i-p in shift.com again www.flipinshift.com